to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast, your local business community resource. My name is Denise Heidel. Not only do I serve as your podcast host, but I'm also the executive director of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of the Chamber, thank you for listening and for your support of the Chamber business community. Hello, and welcome to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. I am your host, Denise Heidel, and I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast, Renee Laughlin. Um, but before we begin our conversation, I want to highlight a few things that are going on at the Chamber. Um, first, Clemens Community Day is just around the corner, April 29th. So make sure that you make plans to stop and support our vendors get some yummies from the food truck and also bring the kids because we have a lot of activities planned. Um, I know Renee, you're planning to be a vendor with us too, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm excited about it. This is your first Clemens Community Day too, right? It is. Yep. All right. Well, I know you've been working hard on some creative fun activities, um, especially being a former teacher. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Engaging activities. (laughs) That's right. It's going to be fun. So again, Clemens Community Day is on April the 29th from 10 to 2 at the Jerry Long Family YMCA. But make sure you come early to visit the Clemens Farmers Market. So for the second year, we are collaborating with the Village of Clemens to bring both Clemens Community Day and the launch of Farmers Market season to the same time, same location. So it's two events for one experience. So it's a really, really fun way to um, get it all in on one stop. You don't have to move the car. (laughs) So (laughs) that's right. But um, I'm excited. Uh, We've got a really great event planned this year. And um, we have just a handful of vendor spaces left. And my cutoff date is this coming Wednesday. What is that? The 19th, I believe. So, um, yeah, so we'll have to, you know, make sure we have all the vendor registrations in by the 19th, but um, whether you're going to be a vendor or not, come join us, see all that Clemens has to offer. The next big announcement, we actually just announced this this week, and Renee, I know you were as excited as I am. We are bringing Dave Ramsey's, I pronounce it Entre Leadership. But you you heard it. Maybe it's entree leadership. Well, Dave Ramsey calls it entree leadership. But I think, I mean, we're entrepreneurs. I know. I like that logic. So, all right. So my word, my version of it's entree leadership. We're being, bringing Dave Ramsey's entree leadership simulcast to the chamber. So I'm super excited about this one. I personally have gone through entree leadership and it was an amazing program. I did it in 2018 and it's. I still reference my notes. It was just a really, really valuable program. So um, being able to offer this to the chamber is something I'm over the moon excited about. And all the details are at lewisville-clemens.com. We're going to take a quick pause from today's podcast to recognize one of our sponsors, Marzano Capital Group. Hi, this is Mike McGilvery, financial advisor and partner at Marzano Capital Group in Clemens. We are privileged to serve this great community and we strive to help our clients by building wealth management plans tailored to their specific goals. Consistent client communication is the cornerstone of our process, and we hope to add value to your financial planning needs. Once again, thank you to Marzano Capital Group for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now, let's get back to the podcast. So, Renee, our topic of the day is a big one. 
We're going to be talking about customer reviews. So thank you so much for um, being here with me. Renee is with Resolute Social. Um, she has been a guest on a previous podcast when we were talking about social media. Um, she's been an active and engaged member of our Chamber of Commerce. And Renee, thank you again for coming on and sharing your expertise. My her. pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. So the... Um, Topic again, customer reviews. And I think most of us have a love-hate relationship with these, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we love to get the good ones, but oh, we just dread the idea of a bad one. Right. And it does affect how you behave in your business, hopefully for the good, right? Well, we hope so, right? But we've all seen those uh, situations that go really public and they get really ugly. And we definitely don't want that to be our story, right? Right. So... Let's start with the first question. Are these reviews really that important? Do people really pay attention to them? They do. I mean, think about before you even go to a restaurant, you're going to just see what people have said about it. And you you do have to realize like your review, like the stars that you have is an average. And there's probably a troll on everybody's reviews. And so while you're going to hurt a little bit because your 5.0 can't ever become a 5.0 again, it still is like, it's very important to see what is being said, not in a, you know, a star amount, but to see, you know, are they talking about the service? Are they talking about the quality of the food? What are you, you gaining from just reading through? And then, you know, as an intelligent uh, reader, you're looking for the key things that answer the questions you had about the business. So they, they really are important. They are. And I mean, and to your point, I mean, before you go try a new restaurant or go shop in a new store or go to a new hospital or new doctor, what do you do? You look up their reviews, you see what other people are saying. And um, so, you know, as a business owner, a lot of times we want to think they're not that important, but they really are. Because if we're honest with ourselves, we do it too. So They offer, so your reviews offer you, for the business, it offers social proof, like that people are interacting with the business that bought something from you and that you have some kind of authority on whatever topic or industry that is. And then online, it's going to rank you higher. So if you have, especially positive reviews, it's going to rank you higher on on a Google search. And then that feedback is super important for the business. Like whatever is reviewed, if they point out, an issue. And you see this a ton. You see where someone said, well, the food was great, but the service wasn't so great. And that's the time to respond to, to address that in a positive way. So that people go, okay, that was just a, you know, a super busy night, or they were having an event, or there was some kind of reason for that. And then reviews get customers to engage, right? Like that engagement gets your social media posts higher. It gets your website seen more. And then people trust you when, when they see reviews, they're like, okay, well, people care enough to leave a review. And then what are they saying about it? And a lot of times that restaurant review, it might be something like, well, the food was great, but the service wasn't so great that night. Um, but I will come back because I know that that was an off night, like the, the process of going either back and forth or the person who really does like the restaurant who does want to come back says, so just letting people know, like, what what to expect and so you you have trust between that business and the customers so they're really they really are important well you know as a business if you're if you're looking to start 
generating customer reviews. We know some platforms are more trusted than others. I mean, let's be honest, a Google review versus a Facebook review versus a Yelp review, for instance. Those are, in my mind, the three major platforms for online reviewing of a, of a business or service, right? Right. Okay. Of those three, which ones should a business be more focused on? Should they worry about all of them to some degree? Or, I mean, I don't want to badmouth an organization, but there's one of those in the group that I know others don't take very seriously. I don't. <laughs> so. it's, it still helps, though, because it paints a picture. So you yeah. listed the top three. There's also Better Business Bureau, and you might be part of, like, if you're a member of Angie's List or whatever it's called now, then that would be somewhere else that you would leave a review or maybe even TripAdvisor. So you might not like those you already sort of dismissed in the ranking, uh, but they are additional places to look for reviews. So you're probably your Google review is the best one Okay. on um, social media. The Facebook review is helpful, but that is definitely where you'll find more trolls. So the, the Google reviews are, I, I know I always go to those first. It used to be a, you would go to Yelp, but now that you have the Google business profile and it's pretty easy to leave a review and businesses have caught on to that, then and it affects your ranking. That is somewhere where we go. Which one did you think was the most relevant? I would say Google as followed closely by Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And so even if you... You see that stuff and you're like, well, I just want, you know, more information. You're looking for the little nuggets that people leave on the reviews because if they took the time to leave a review, it made some kind of emotional impression on them to be uh, buying something for that business or attending that event or that getting that service. So there, there's some kind of truth in there, even if the person was upset. So it's worth having a, a picture of what to expect and then know what kind of questions to ask when you go there. Very good. So I think the other big question that I had for you for this call is how do we get people to leave us reviews? I mean, I think, you know, a, a lot of our chamber members know I'm a member of the chamber myself. You know, I yes, I'm the executive director, but I had a business before I stepped into this role and, and still have it on the side. And in my business, nobody wants to leave me a review. <laughs> it's really hard to get people to leave a review for a resume writer because they don't want the potential employer to see that they have updated the resume. That makes sense. <laughs> right. So, don't want to give it away. Right. Right. So oh. um, like, I know I always ask when I submit all my stuff to my clients, uh, please leave me a review, but I, put, I start putting a caveat in there. If you're not comfortable leaving a review and you want to leave an anonymous review, email me and I will have it put on my website with just your initials. And so that's kind that's of fair. the way that I've kind of overcome that. But still, yes. it's just, I think, really hard to get people to leave us reviews. What do you think? So it's it's okay to ask for a review. It is not okay to ask for a five-star review because that is tainting the, <laughs> the mix there. So uh, you you ask for someone to leave an honest review. And you give them the address, whether it's a QR code or a link or something like that, or you'll say, go to my website, or you'll say, go to Google and leave a review. And the 
asking for just that is absolutely fine. It is exactly what you should do. If you haven't got yourself set up on Google uh, business profile, then you might ask somebody through email to leave you a review or to email you back or to text you. And once, once that person has created an opinion of what their of what your service was to them, then you can use it. And you should you should attribute it to them, whether you use initials or something, because it needs to be true. It backfires on you to ask for five-star reviews or to uh, word the review, give it to somebody, and they just said, <laughs> you have to have an honest review. And that goes a very long way for your business credibility. So you, you can ask. There could be, let's say there's an event and you've probably done this too, where you've gone to a conference and then over the corner, they've got people interviewing people for reviews. Hey, what's your experience like today? And then people will go on the record in front of the camera and with a microphone and give a review. And it, it's okay to do that too, because ultimately that person has a choice whether they speak or not, and they, they leave that review. So uh, that's that's an, another thing. I've been at at an event where part of the cycle was like stations where they started out with the the thing that they did and then they moved into videoing their reviews and then um, they typed a review on Google My Business or Google Business Profile, which used to be called Google My Business. Uh, and so the person still had the choice at each station. They weren't pressured. They weren't expected. But it was also an event set up for those people who were there so that they could uh, get sort of like a freebie from from the person for the holidays and it was just part of the event. And those people liked the service so much that of course they were willing to. And you you can ask people, like maybe start with, with the people that you know individually and say, hey, could you give me an honest review on, on what we were doing here? And you know, if you know the person, then that, that's a really good place to start because you want, you know, a really positive reviews that sort of set the tone for how people leave reviews for you. And then when you ask people, and they go in to leave reviews for you. They see that there are 50 reviews already there or more than that, or they've just gotten started and they feel like it's significant that they are contributing also. Right. So I really, really like your strategies and um, you always have such a common sense approach. And so I'm counting on that common sense approach for my next question for you. What do we do when we get that dreaded negative review? So if it's a troll, so if it's somebody who is who is saying something racist, if they are saying something inflammatory, if they don't have any information to back it up, or really if it is, if it's bad and nasty, then you can ask the platform to take it down because it serves nobody. And it absolutely is not a review. It is an attack. And so those kinds of things can be remedied pretty quickly. You just, on Facebook, you report it. On Google, you report it. And even if it's someone else can report it too, they can flag it to be reviewed and then it comes off. If it is, let's say we use that example of the restaurant and the service just wasn't great that night. Okay. Well, especially right now, we, we do understand that, that most places are understaffed and there has to be some kind of grace given in a situation. So uh, if if they post that, then the person who owns the business, whoever's doing their social media for them, absolutely has to respond with thanking them for bringing it to their attention, uh, maybe explaining the situation a little, a little bit, and then saying how they're going to remedy it going forward. 
So when we see what the response is, that is maybe even more significant than the complaint. So you see the the tone of the restaurant and people who are there and you 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 see whether they acknowledge the <laughs> the situation and they respond with a with a solution to it. And that's I think that's ultimately what we're really looking for is well how are they going to handle it if something doesn't go right instead of just dismissing a place, well, I'll never go back just because the service wasn't 100% exactly what they had pre-expected, so. Right. Well, you said something that I'm curious about because, you know, you, you know, we talked about trolls. Okay, so a troll is a troll. But let's say that it's a real-life person who just had a horrible experience and they have just, they're not, it's a real review, but it it is brutal, you know, and let's say that the owner, and we've all seen it, the owner gets defensive and, you know, and all of us who are seeing all of this happen online, it's like, pull up the popcorn in a chair and let's sit back and see <laughs> that's what this one plays out. But what would you say if it is a real person, this is not a troll and the um, owner's knee jerk reaction is to get defensive. I mean, how do you, how do you combat that kind of damage control? I mean, hopefully none of our chamber members would do something like that, but the reality is, is it happens. And, you know, especially if you've got somebody else, maybe it's not the owner who's managing the social media channel and somebody else does something that an owner has to go in and do damage control with. What do you, what are your thoughts? You have to keep it professional. If your, if your reaction is to be, is defensive, it's probably not the first time ever you've heard that about yourself. And so maybe don't hit submit until someone has read it and giving you uh, some feedback on how you're responding to that negative review. Staying professional, all of us in business have to do that. We have to to sort of neutralize our responses so that after this incident, we can continue to do business together. And so it doesn't serve a purpose to attack back. Mm -hmm. It is much more important to make something right than it is to say, well, I'm right and you're wrong. And someone, customers like to say, well, the customer's always right. Well, maybe we're people, you know, and we, we have to, to respond to each other. And I would say you have to come from a place of caring because you don't have that business for no reason. You have that business to serve people and you continue to serve them even in these reviews. So staying professional is extremely important. So now you can take it off of the review site and go individually, either through email or if let's say it's Facebook, you can message that person. So your business can continue the dialogue off of that mm -hmm. review platform and say, Hey, I want to make this right. You had, it, it looks like you had a, a negative experience when you were here and that is not typical for our customers. So how about you come in, we'll offer you a whatever discount or this free item of purchase and go forward from here because I really don't want to lose you as a customer. We really value you. So you, you can do it that way, but you have to realize that the, when you do a negative response back, a defensive response back, everyone sees that. And they, that's going to turn off hundreds of people from even ever doing business with you because just in the same way that you're looking for the, the, the solution and the response so that you know whether you want to go to that business and have service done or not. You're looking for 
those little <laughs> negative nuggets too, because you would hate for that to be your personal experience. And you're going to do way more damage responding defensively than if you just responded professionally and then try to resolve the situation. Right. So when we have a, um, you know, a negative review, we've just talked about that, but is it really necessary to respond to every positive review, you know, other than, you know, just like a thumbs up or a heart emoji? You should, you should, you should spend at least a sentence responding. If that person took the time to leave you a review, then they had, they had, like I was saying before, an emotional experience there worthy of telling people about it. So that's the word of mouth thing where you're, you're telling all your friends, Oh, have you been to this place yet? And so if the business responds, that creates engagement and that ranks, that helps rank you higher, whether it's on Google or on Facebook and conveys the tone of your business again. So it's, you should embrace every opportunity to get your vibe out there. And so responding on reviews is a very good way. And on Facebook, other people can kind of chime in, but the, uh, not so much on Google, but uh, people will see it and they might even say something in addition to it. Like if it's even like a post and people make comments and you'll see the engagement and that keeps that post ranked and keeps you top of mind. Right. So of course, all of this, the whole review experience starts with um, what is very near and dear to my heart, which is the customer service experience. You know, you've, I know you and I've had this conversation a million times, Renee, I think Um, I have very, very, very high opinions about customer service. And so um, my standard is high. My opinion is very specific. Um, I believe a customer service is an art form. So, you know, I know that, you know, if a company or a business wants good reviews, it starts in-house. It, yeah. it really does. And I mean, and that is, of course, inclusive of, you know, training your people, being clear about your expectations, um, you know, having these policies and procedures in place for how to respond to things. And all of that stuff, I mean, especially right now when when people are short staffed and there's so much going on, it does feel like, oh, my gosh, and who's got time for all this, right? But it, it is so essential, especially, you know, when you are starting to get feedback online from, from customers. So what are your best tips for businesses who are looking to improve their reviews, um, improve their scores, um, and just generate more interest on their online platforms? Well, you hit the first part, which is what is the voice of the organization? And everyone should be speaking with that voice. That That's a tone that's set every day, every meeting that you have. It's written down with examples, things like that. So absolutely, that's where you start. The Yelp has guidelines for how to write reviews. And so they're, they're kind of universal. Uh, and I'll tell you those in just a second, but those are, are really helpful. And if you're asking for reviews, you might give like a bulleted list of, of outlining how someone could do their review, including those things. So um, I, I'll tell you those first, and then we'll see if we have some, some more solutions. So you wanna be honest in your review and relevant, um, talking about what your experience was, but be respectful and your avoid, like if you own the business, you should not be leaving a review for your business. Like hopefully that doesn't even have to be said, but you know, might be trying to, to pad it. 
um, and you want to be detailed. So give the specific example of what you experienced. You don't have to give some kind of blanket general thing. You want to talk about your actual experience because that's what people are reading for. And you don't, don't make it illegal. You want to post legal stuff. You don't want to do anything that is um, that could be skewed in a, a negative way like that. So you were asking about tips. Ask me that question again. What are your best, oh goodness, I didn't write this question down. So I remember <laughs> exactly the way I worded it. Um, what are your best tips for um, really starting to um, gain new reviews and um, really build up that online video okay. of feedback? So we do get a little scared to ask somebody, hey, what do you think of me? Because in person, you, you're like, oh, that's a horrible, <laughs> tender place. But you have to. So it does help if you have an actual place for people to go to leave reviews. So if your business isn't on Facebook, you're super missing out. And if you haven't set up your Google business profile, that is not in your favor. You absolutely need those two things ready to go and tell people where to where to leave a review. Ask for it. And you should absolutely ask for it. If you think, think about websites where there are social proof, there are quotes on there and you have either a carousel of people making uh, quotes or their reviews on there and you go, oh, and you pay attention. You just want confirmation that you have someone, you're thinking of them positively. They hold them in positive regard. You want to see proof of that. And so it's really valuable. But asking for the review, provide a link to your places where people can leave reviews. And it doesn't hurt to give an outline just so people don't forget to say something that they really meant to say. Right. Um, one thing that you said, I wanted to kind of backtrack on, you talked about, you know, the Facebook review. I know some companies, cause that's actually an optional um, tab on your page. You can turn off reviews Um how is that a, um, is, I mean, obviously we want people to go in and make that change. Is there an easy way you, um, that you can tell people? That's a great question because I personally have encountered a lot of difficulty getting that to stay showing up in the menu. And what I found was that it'll stay on the desktop version of Facebook. But when I go to do, like I work with a restaurant and when I, when I go to my phone to leave a review, that little menu item has gone. So they do have a thing called mentions. And so you can at the name of the, the restaurant in your post on your own uh, profile page. And then that's going to show up in mentions for that organization. So that's a way to get around the reviews and it still, it still matters. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes. So when you're setting up what your menu is, you can go into the manage area I think it's still the manage area. I have to happy to look around to make sure where things are as of today. Uh, and then choose that as one of your menu items. Okay. Um, well, I mean, honestly, I just think this is such a, an important topic and I don't think it should be neglected, especially as people get more and more vocal on um, the internet and social media. I mean, I don't know how much more vocal we can possibly get. It seems awfully loud out there. Yeah. But it does help to be proactive. Think, think of it like that, where yeah. you're asking for reviews, especially it's a much easier when you know it's been a positive interaction, but you should still ask for the reviews. And if 
if you've got sort of a padding of positive reviews, then when somebody does troll you or says something negative, it stands out as an anomaly or something that's not typical for that establishment. And that is really in your benefit. And so that, or to your benefit, that the uh, word of mouth idea that we're, especially like people who are older, who have seen the internet come in in our lifetime, it we're used to, you know, in our gossip circles or with our friend groups saying, hey, you gotta go try this. Oh, I love your shoes. Where'd you get them? And they're giving recommendations and things. And so this is the digital equivalent of that. And sort of like shouting it from the rooftops about how much you liked somewhere. So right. yeah, it's good to have that stuff going so that if something negative happens that you can deal with it a little more easily. Well, Renee, I give you a five-star review as a guest. I appreciate you being here so much and you sharing your pearls of wisdom yet again with our, with our listeners. So it's always great to talk with you and um, pick your brain a little bit because you've always got, like I said, common sense, um, practical solutions to a lot of the online um, battles that we're facing between social media and making sure our presence is as polished and professional as possible. So thank you for all you do for the chamber and for being a part of our business community as a whole. Yeah, love it. Thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely. So this is a wrap for this edition of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. Um, don't forget April 29th, mark your calendars, Clemens Community Day, and um, check out the website for Entra or entree leadership, whichever version of it you want to say. So uh, thanks again for listening. And until next time, um, I'll talk to you soon. Once again, Clemens Community Day is right around the corner. Join us on Saturday, April 29th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Jerry Long Family YMCA. Not only can you visit Clemens Community Day and meet over 100 local vendors, play games, and enjoy great food and music, you can also visit the Clemens Farmers Market, who will also be kicking off their season at the same time and location. It's double the fun, two events in one spot. We only have a few vendor spaces left, so if you haven't reserved your spot yet, please contact the Chamber Office at 336-970-5100. If you don't plan to participate as a vendor, stop by. While admission is free, we encourage all guests to bring two food items to donate to the Clemens Food Pantry. Once again, Clemens Community Day is on Saturday, April 29th from 10 to 2 at the Jerry Long Family YMCA. We can't wait to see you. Once again, thank you for listening to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. The Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce is a member-focused business community. I invite you to learn more about the chamber by visiting our website, louisville-clemens.com. And while we're in the world of audio, it's time for the fine print. Everyone has an opinion, but in this case, the views and the opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors. So now that you've been appropriately advised, let me remind you that this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of the Louisville Clements Chamber of Commerce.